Good morning, everyone. This is Marty Duran, and you are listening to the Fourth Estate Drive Time Podcast for Tuesday, October 25th, 2016. Thanks for joining me on a dark night, dark morning. I-40 westbound outside Nashville, Tennessee. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any crazier, crazier it has gotten. The latest polls averaging at Real Clear Politics still show Secretary Clinton with a lead of about five points. It is outside the margin of error. There are two or three uh, polls that have a widely, wildly large margin, 11 and 12 points. One of those from ABC News was widely touted Sunday or Monday as, uh, as the big surge or the big jump. And much was made of Democratic oversampling, and a WikiLeaks document was sourced as the proof that these polls are inaccurate uh, because of oversampling of African Americans or oversampling of Latinos. I'm not an expert in polling, but I know someone who is, and he assured me that oversampling in itself is not a thing uh, to be concerned about. It by itself would not uh, affect the outcome of a particular poll. It's only if the uh, polling was otherwise inaccurate uh, that oversampling is done in instance to find out uh, what African Americans think about a subject or how they are voting or how Latinos specifically are voting and there's a correlation between the oversampling and the margin of error. So just to say that uh, Democrats in Orlando, for instance, oversampled Democrats over Republicans uh, isn't to say anything on its face other than they wanted they had a greater interest in knowing how Democrats vote were going to vote than how Republicans were going to vote and how independents were going to vote. So oversampling itself does not mean that the poll is in error, although the poll could be in error for other reasons. So the oversampling isn't uh, the issue. There were three polls that came out. Uh, I think this came out Saturday and Sunday. uh, National polls that showed Donald Trump either in the lead by a percentage point or tied with Secretary Clinton. And uh, those were widely touted across social media. And uh, a number of them made their way into my news feeds. Uh, Whether these polls are accurate or not, I do not know. I do know this. The L.A. Times poll, which is one of the ones cited, has, uh, for the almost the length of this campaign season, been the only poll that has consistently shown Donald Trump ahead at the national level. And they have had him up from uh, one to four points pretty consistently until recently when it settled into a tie. Uh, there was an international uh, investors business daily poll that showed Trump up by 1%. And then there was a third poll that I don't remember right offhand. <clears throat> uh, no information about their sampling or oversampling on those polls. What is worth noting, though, is uh, as has been the case in the last uh, for the last two or three weeks now, Uh, Clinton is leading outside the margin of error in the polls where she is in the lead. And Trump is not leading outside the margin of error 
in the one or two polls where he has a one-point lead. So in every poll that is uh, advantageous to Trump's results, statistically they are a tie. Uh, there, there's no way to say for sure that he's actually in the lead because the margin of error could just as easily mean that he is two to three points down uh, as opposed to three to five points up or excuse me, that would be uh, two to three points up. So uh, the polling will be interesting. Nate Silver at 538 still has Clinton at 88% uh, assurance of winning in what they call their regular polling. Then they have another where they factor in some other, uh, they have another poll called Poll Plus or Polls Plus where they factor in external uh, sentiments outside of the actual polling numbers. They try to figure out how people are leaning, what the news is saying, how people are responding to the news, and that kind of thing. And when they take that into consideration, they have Clinton at a 94% probability of winning the presidency. Uh, And that's Nate Silver at 538.com. I ran my own uh, unofficial, unscientific, completely voluntary Twitter poll yesterday, and it's still going on. So if you're on Twitter and you want to jump over there and take my poll... Uh, for the presidency, then feel free to do so. Um, I was only allowed four slots, so rather than doing Clinton-Trump and then pick between Johnson and Stein and then McMullen, I combined Clinton and Trump was one. Clinton or Trump was one option. Uh, Johnson or Stein was another option. McMullen was another option, and then other was an option. And the last time I looked, and this has held these percentages have held steady within one to two points for several hours now. The last time I looked, McMullen had uh, 65%, and then in second place was the option to vote for Clinton or Trump at about 25%, maybe 27 uh, And again, this is like 65 people voted. Nothing scientific about this poll at all. Uh, it simply is was a means for me to measure uh, the people that I interact with, and two-thirds of them plan to vote for McMullen, and one quarter of them plan to vote for Trump or Clinton. So even when you combine them, they did not have a strong uh, result. Now, I'm not in any way indicating that that means there's this outlier that Evan McMullen's going to win the the popular vote. Uh, It's just to show you that all polls have things that you need to know about. Uh, the, uh, The methodologies are important. And so I just gave you my methodology and told you why the poll is almost certainly incorrect. Uh, But as among my followers, of those who voted, it is correct. Now, the last thing uh, for this morning is a story out now that uh, George Soros is supplying the voting machines in a number of crucial toss-up states or swing states so as to uh, secure the victory for Hillary Clinton. And they're going to do this by means of, and I think the company's name is Smartomatic or Smart Voter or something like that. Um, I'll put the link to the Wikipedia doc in, my, uh, in the episode notes. But suffice it to say that the theory is that George Soros uh, is connected to, those are the key words there, is connected to this company that sold voting booths, or voting machines, excuse me, not booths, voting machines to Venezuela 
and subsequently uh, Hugo Chavez won the uh, won the election. I think it was a re-election for him. And so, how in the world is George Soros tied to this? You may ask. Well, I'll tell you. Because uh, it seems, and Wikipedia, uh, or the WikiLeaks documents will clear this up for you. I may have said Wikipedia a moment ago. WikiLeaks documents will clear this up for you. But the company was apparently started in Venezuela. There were multiple uh, international investors involved, uh, and they produced voting machines. And they were electronic voting machines, so the votes were... uh, tabulated inside the machine and then transferred by means of card or whatever to a uh, to a tallying uh, machine for whatever the precinct or district or however they count them in Venezuela. And um, Chavez won re-election. And so there was immediately questioning by the opposition that this company that had come out of nowhere produced these voting machines, and they were rigged and through the election for Chavez. Uh, according to the WikiLeaks document, there were eight different tests performed on the machines that uh, in question, and none of the tests replicated any kind of fraudulent um, outcome. There, were, there was one situation where a technician was able to go in and manually uh, change the settings on a single voting machine to cause the outcome of that single machine to be uh, to be adjusted, but the findings were that that had not actually happened in real life. So, though it was theoretically possible for a person who knew how to tamper with a single voting machine, there was no evidence that anyone had in real life tampered with any voting machines. And so in Venezuela, they went round and round for a while. uh, And eventually, I believe what happened was the company was sold and the headquarters is now in London. The owner or president or something of that company is a London bigwig and politician who once sat on the board of a George Soros-funded uh, nonprofit or political action committee or something like that. So clearly, George Soros is behind the use of these machines. Now, why that's relevant at all <coughs> is there is a report that these machines are going to be used in the 2016 presidential election. That report is disputed. Uh, <coughs> the company itself is saying that none of their machines are being used in uh, the 2016 presidential election in America. As a matter of fact, when the company, at the time that it appears to have left Venezuela and moved uh, its headquarters to London, one of the reasons it moved to London was to try to get uh, a foothold in the European market, uh, not the American market. So there's this entire story now that apparently originated with the Gateway Pundit, which is the least credible website on the face of the earth. Uh, and Jim Hoft, HOFT, uh, published a story that uh, loosely guilt by association tied together all of these disparate parts, disparate parts. The ultimate conclusion reached by the investigation in Venezuela was that the company was owned by a consortium of Venezuelan businessmen 
who were uh, who were unknown and uh, looks like they just made a lot of money. The contract was for $128 million for the voting uh, machines and the voting contract. And uh, none of them are named in the investigation, and it just went uh, kind of went off the radar as the uh, company Smart uh, Smartomatic or something like that uh, eventually moved, and life rocked on in Venezuela. So there isn't any hard evidence that these machines are being used in the American election. One of the things that tipped me off that the facts may be off is uh, the list of states where these machines were supposedly being used included Oregon. And Oregon has used mail-in presidential ballots or mail-in ballots for elections for quite a long time. And I'm not even sure that they have a that they have polling places in Oregon. Even if they do, the vast majority of people in Oregon vote by mail. Uh, and the idea that voting machines in Oregon would somehow turn the presidential election uh, is, as they say down south, mighty unlikely. So that's it for today. Uh, check out those links that I'll drop into the episode notes if you have further interest in checking things out. Um, if you find uh, info in that doc, tweet it to me, at Marty Duran, and uh, we'll have some, have some fun trace, tracing down the facts. Thanks for listening. Fourth State Drive Time is a production of Roundtable Media Group. Check out roundtablemediagroup.com and the many podcasts that are hosted there if you have a desire or any inclination to host a podcast yourself and like further information email me marty at roundtablemediagroup.com and i'll be glad to talk to you and see what we can do thanks for being here thanks for recommending thanks for sharing thanks for all those good things that you do as listeners to help promote the fourth state as always i hope you have a fantastic day